0: There's no Braves player I was more excited to watch in 2022 than Ronald Acuna Jr., and when you don't see him for half a season, you can understand why, because he's so fun to watch. He's one of the best players in all of baseball, but certainly 2022 was a frustrating season for him as he came back from a very severe injury, and it just felt like it was one step forward, two steps back all year for him, whether it was struggles at the plate or just nagging injuries that came along. Certainly that first season back was not one that he would he certainly loved, but I think there's more for the future with Ronald Acuna Jr. And a recent example that we Braves fans can look to in Chipper Jones. We'll talk about the 2022 season for Ronald Acuna Jr. and why I think he's destined for another big season in 2023. This one's all about Ronald, so let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at ShortstopBall. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On underscore Brave. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta on Roku and Amazon Fire devices as well, where you'll get this podcast Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're watching, hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell. That's one way you can help support the show. I've had some people ask how can we support the podcast and make sure that we stay on the air. That's one way to do it for sure. Hit that thumbs up button. That's all it takes. Thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. We'll continue to post episodes daily throughout the offseason. Plenty to talk about here on Lockdown Braves. Before we get into the episode, though, I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And today we're continuing our player reviews from the 2022 season, and we're talking about maybe one of my favorites. I think a lot of people's favorite Braves player, and that is Ronald Acuna Jr. I talked about it coming into this season. I was so pumped up to see the return of Ronnie. Obviously, not getting him for half the season in 2021, him not being a part of that World Series championship team—you know—that was killing him. You know, it was not fun for him sitting on the sidelines. But we had him back in 2022, albeit I don't know that we ever got to really experience the full Ronald Cunha Jr. And look, let's just let's run back through real quickly what the off season and season look like for Ronald and going back to last year, even his season ended on July 10th, 2021 with a torn ACL. He only played in 82 games and something I've never really considered. And I don't think a lot of people consider because of the shortened 2020 season, he only played 46 games in that season. So he's only played 128 games between 2020 and 2021 coming back off a big injury, and so, you know, it's expected that he's obviously going to have a little wear and tear. He's going to tire down probably more so than he would if he were coming off a full season, Um, so certainly understandable. The guy had played 128 games over the past two seasons coming off of major surgery, so it's understandable that perhaps he wasn't quite up to, to full speed and to have some of those nagging injuries that we saw I think a lot of us, myself included, got really excited watching kind of the return of Ronald Acuna Jr. They even did that YouTube video kind of chronologically looking at his return. You saw the batting practice videos where he just looked really good in the cage, as you might expect a major league hitter to do. But, look, my expectations were up, and I was expecting Ronnie to come back and be the Ronnie that we're used to seeing Unfortunately, I think, you know, again, we didn't get that. And I think it was unfair of us to really expect that of him. Now, do I think we get that player again? I certainly do. And we'll talk more about that later. But I think it was unfair and unrealistic for myself and others to put those types of expectations on him. And I think he put those expectations on himself. And I think as it went on, he realized, you know, he's going to have to dial things back a little bit. Braves still slow played it a little bit. It's typically a nine month return from that type of injury. So that would have had him coming back in about mid April. The Braves waited a little bit longer. They brought him back in late April. He didn't play in any spring training games. The delayed season maybe helped a little bit, at least, you know, him able to get in a couple of more games. Team got out to a slow start. And I honestly think, had they gotten off to a better start, maybe. They would have waited until May, first second week of May to bring Ronald back. But I think there was certainly some pressure to bring him back and try to, you know, rejuvenize the team that again had gotten off to a slow start. And he certainly helped when he came back in his first 31 games. I mean, he was really, really good. Three, he slashed 316, 411, 538 with six home runs and eight doubles in his first 31 games when he came back. So remember that because, again, hadn't played in a long time, came back from the injury fresh, ready to go. It was really good out of the gate. But once those injuries start coming, you know, once you have a couple of setbacks, once you get into the fatigue of a season after not playing a full season the last two years, you start to see a little bit of wear and tear on anybody. Um, But after those first 31 games from June 12th to the end of the season, he slashed 249, 329, just 371 with nine home runs and 16 doubles. So he hit half of his season total of doubles in the first 31 games that he played. The power just was not there, which, again, I think is a direct correlation to that knee and the issues he was having with that. He had spurts from you know here and there where he would kind of turn things on. And you would think Ronald was about to take off. From June twenty first to July fifth, he hit three forty three with a four thirty nine on base and just a twelve percent K rate. From July twenty third to August fifteenth, a good little stretch here. He hit three twenty five with a one thirty five WRC plus. He hit four home runs in a nine game span from September 16th to September twenty seventh, where he thought, okay, maybe he's starting to get that home run swing back. So there were signs, there were moments, you know, there were stretches here and there where it looked like we were going to get, you know, the full Ronald Coon Jr. experience, but most of them were short-lived, and the times in between just weren't great because that power just wasn't there. And look, I'm talking negatively for the most part. That's, you know, I'm sure that's how I'm coming across. Still, was a very good season by a normal player's standards, but obviously, Ronald Cunha Jr. is not a normal player. He hit 266 with a 272 expected batting average, had a 351 on base percentage. So, batting leadoff, he got on a ton, which is what you want your leadoff guy to do. A 413 slugging percentage, that's not what you expect from Ron Acuna Jr. His expected slug was 486, which tells you, you know, he hit the ball hard. You look at his Baseball Savant page, it's full of red. He hit the ball hard. Just wasn't getting a lot of lift on it, so not a ton of extra base hits, so that's why you see the slugging down. Just 15 home runs. He did have 24 doubles, scored 71 runs. Drove in just 50, which is somewhat to be expected from the leadoff spot. With how good the bottom of the lineup was, I'm kind of surprised he didn't have more runs batted in. 29 stolen bases. Um, a walk percentage of 9.9%. That's actually below where he's been the last couple of years at 13%. 126 strikeouts, a 23.6 strikeout percentage. You know, that's about where he's been. He's going to strike out a lot. A 331 batting average on balls in play. That's actually a little bit higher than I expected and a little bit higher than where he's been, but not too much because he hits the ball so hard. You know, he's going to get a lot of those, those hits. A 114 WRC plus, again, an above average player You know, we're kind of talking like it was, you know, a bad season or a mediocre season for Ron Acuna Jr. He was still well above average 2.2 war player. And that's with the defensive war not figuring in very, very well Uh, hit the ball. Hard hit percentage was 49.7 percent. Average X velocity, 91.2 percent. Those were a little bit below his career averages, but still, you know, among the tops in all of baseball The defense was where you really saw Ronnie take a step back. And again, I think just definite correlation to the injury, negative 10.7 defensive rating, according to fan graphs, plus one defensive run saves, negative 0.5 UZR and minus five outs above average. So that's one area where you really saw Ronnie take a step back this year, the offense, you know, was still above average. The defense was not great, but again, you know, that's where he got hurt. You understand him being a little bit more cautious out there. He also just wasn't out there all the time. There were stretches where he just had to play DH because of the nagging injuries he was having. So again, despite all that and despite everything he had to come come back from and play through, Still a very good season offensively, again, by normal player standards, but again, Ronald's not a normal player. We expect more than that from him. He expects more of that from him, and I think we'll get that in the future, and we'll talk about that next. I'm fortunate enough I get to work from home. I get to do my job from the home. I get to do this podcast from the home, so I don't have to worry about the, the pains of wearing uncomfortable dress shirts all the time or changing clothes going from place to place, but... There are many people out there like that. My co-host for the postcast, Grant McCauley, is like that, going from the, the ballpark to outings with friends to the office. And if you're one of those people, we got a solution for you, and that is Roan. Arone has made a dress shirt, the commuter shirt, which is comfortable, breathable, flexible, and you can wear it at any occasion, whether you're going to the office or whether you're going to play 18 holes of golf, this shirt. Gives you that freedom and that flexibility. It's time to feel comfortable as well with a wrinkle-free shirt without the hassle. With Roan's Wrinkle Release Technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch the shirt and wear it. They also have the Gold Fusion Anti-Odor Technology, which I love, especially on these hot days down here in the South in the summer. You'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long on top of that. Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether. The commuter shirt can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to roan.com slash locked on and use code locked on. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Getting back into Ronald Acuña Jr. just my overall thoughts and I I had asked on Twitter just your you know give me one word for to describe Ronald Acuña Jr.'s season and the word that I had in mind was frustrating. For me when I think about Ronald Acuña Jr. and his his season, I just think it was a frustrating one for him, for you know for fans too I think a little bit but I just think when you, when you look at Ronald Acuna Jr. and you know how great he wants to be and how, how much he wants to win and how much he wanted to get back to the World Series and be a part of that on the field. And it's just like he never really could get back to being himself. And I know that has to be frustrating. I'll read a couple more from Twitter. Whit Price said recovery. Uh, a lot of people said recovery on here as well. Is there one word? Chris Chaffee said progress. Uh, certainly, I think this is you know him coming back. And, but stepping up into hopefully more next year. Uh, Flat Stanley said limited. Uh, I think that's certainly true as well. Um, Turner Kirby said realistic in terms of what to expect with him coming off a major injury. I think that's certainly true. Uh, Joshua Underwood said roller rollercoaster. Uh, Hunter Mayer said struggle. And it certainly seemed like that at time as he was trying to, you know, grind through these injuries and these nagging injuries coming off major surgery that he had. Um, so those are some of the comments I got on Twitter to that question. I appreciate you sending those in. But again, the one for me is just frustrating because of the nagging injuries that come along, you know, with this type of surgery. And I'm not a doctor, um, but my my wife is, she's a, a physical therapist. And I asked her about this, you know, what is it like coming off of that type of surgery? And she's just said, there are nagging injuries that come along with that type of surgery that are just going to happen. It's a part of it. And I think it's something he's going to have to learn to play with. Um, Certainly the Braves were cautious with him in that. And I think there are times that maybe he would have played through it, but I appreciated his honesty with the team because certainly there is a, a bright long future with Ronald Acuna jr. And as much as the Braves needed him this year, and I'm glad they got him back. You know, they're obviously still playing the long game with him. Saw a lot of people talking about the lack of hustle from Acuna this year. I think a lot of people either don't remember or weren't aware. The Braves asked him to dial it back and pick his spots when he'd run because when he first came back, he was running like a madman with his hair on fire. I mean, he had 22 stolen bases through the month of July. He was... He came back, he thought just immediately he was going to be that player that he always was, and he could do the things that he always did. That's just not realistic, and I think he's going to have to come to terms with that, and that's hard to do. When you're a young player, you got all the talent in the world, you have a huge injury like that, you got to understand that your body's going to respond differently now, and you're going to have to learn how to play through some of these nagging nagging injuries, and you're going to have to learn that there's just some things you may not be able to do as you once did. And, again, I talked about the Braves, you know, slow playing things with him, being cautious. There were just all throughout the year, it was stop and go. He had four stretches in the year where he missed three or more games because of these injuries that kept popping up. He missed five games between May 10th and May 17th, four games between – June 25th and July 1st, and then three games between August 26th and August 31st, and then three more games between September 21st and September 25th. Going based on when he came back, April 28th, he had the potential to play in 143 games. If he played in every game after he came back, he could have played in 143 games. He only played in 119. He missed 24 games, and to my knowledge, and I went back and looked, I couldn't find I don't believe he ever went on the IL. These were just, you know, nagging injuries that he needed to take, you know, a couple of days off here and there. So you got to imagine, you know, that stop and go for him all year long had an effect on his ability to stay fresh, um, to really find some consistency at the plate. And, You know, one other thing he mentioned, and, uh, you know, I'm I'm glad we got some full transparency from him, but he was honest about the, the surgery and the injury and coming back. And, you know, he had so much confidence early in the year, but I think it really started to set in, you know, in the middle of the season where he just said, I don't know when I wake up in the morning if I can trust the knee. And that's very evident, I think, in the way that he played. There's some days where it just seemed like, you know, he had it and felt good. And there were just some days where, you know, he just clearly didn't. And I think, again, that's part of just learning how to deal with this injury and play through that and being able to trust your body. And it's hard to expect him to do that right out of the gate. But going forward and looking into the future for Ronald Acuna Jr. in the not-too-distant future, I think next year could be a, a big season for him. You look at the metrics, and I, and I shouted out all the numbers. Everything was there. You know, pretty much everything was there. He's hitting the ball hard. You know, the strikeout rate, the walk rate, the walk rate was down a little bit, but still had a 350 on base percentage. Everything else was was there. The one big difference for Ron Acuna Jr. in 2022 compared to other years was the launch angle. He had a 10.8 degree launch angle in 2022. That's 18 degree or eight degrees lower then his traditional career average of 18 degrees, a launch angle. That to me is, again, just directly connected to not trusting that knee and not being able to bend that knee and get under that baseball. And once that comes back, and I believe that it will, we're going to see the Ronald Acuna Jr. we're used to seeing again. I mean, that's that's really the only thing you can point to. Maybe he pulled the ball a little bit more. We're used to seeing him taking the ball to right center with ease for power. We saw him pull the ground or pull the ball on the ground to the left side a little too much. But even then, if he's getting the launch on those baseballs and pulling them, you're going to see those home runs come back. You're going to see those doubles down in the corner and in the left center field gap. So to me, the only thing Ronald needs to change is that launch angle. And once he gets back to that, gets back to his career norm, we're going to see the Ronald Coonan Jr., the MVP type player. We're used to seeing. And you look at a former Brave Chipper Jones, icon, legend, obviously franchise player, what Freddie Freeman should have been. Um, he had a similar injury earlier and in, early in his career as well. You know, spring training, 1994, you know, tears his ACL, misses the entire year, ended up being a lockout year anyway, comes back in 1995, has an 803 OPS. So, you know, not too different than what Ronald Acuna Jr. had this year, a little bit higher. But the season after that, Chipper Jones had a 923 OPS and finished fourth in the MVP voting. So, again, you're just looking at somebody within your own house who had a similar injury, an MVP-type player, guy who went on to win an MVP, And you look at what he did that second year after coming back from the ACL injury, and he was one of the best players in all of baseball. And I think and believe Ron Acuna Jr. will have a similar breakout like that in 2023 once he's another season removed from that ACL injury. So we'll talk a little bit more after that. But we also have some news to get to, has some awards coming out on Thursday to talk about the Braves, obviously heavily involved there with some of the individual seasons that players had. We'll talk about that next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, NBA, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more and bet online where the game starts. Mentioned there was some news on Thursday Silver Slugger finalists were announced. Travis Darnot was uh, is a finalist. He won his first one in 2020 with the Braves. Matt Olsen, a finalist as well. Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley, who won it last year at third base, and Michael Harris as well for center field in the National League. So the Braves have five players up for the Silver Slugger Award, going to the best hitter in each league at each position. Players' Choice Awards finalists were announced uh, Riley was among the NL outstanding players, uh, along with Freddie Freeman and Paul Goldschmidt. I uh, don't think Riley had the chance of winning that, but certainly, you know, I think it's telling that his peers voted on it, and they thought that highly of him. NL outstanding rookie, as you might imagine, Michael Harris and Spencer Strider mentioned there, along with Brennan Donovan. And then the guy we talked about today, Ronald Acuna Jr., was among the finalists for NL Comeback Players of the Year, along with Albert Pujols and Brandon Jury, kind of feel like Pujols, Pujols is probably going to take that award, um, and rightly so with what he did for the Cardinals in his final season, getting to 700 home runs. And then the Sporting News uh, announced their NL Rookie of the Year, and they went with Spencer Strider, which is very interesting to note. Um, we talked about it, you know, a couple podcasts ago. You could go. Either way here, both guys, Spencer Strider, Michael Harris, very deserving. Um, You could pick one, and I could say, how could you do that and not pick the other, and vice versa? Uh, It's really, really going to be a tough decision, but the sporting news went with Spencer Strider, so maybe that's telling with what happens with the BBWA award. All right, look at the comments real quick. Um, Davis Gorman asking, how would you upgrade the bench? I think we can do better than uh, Adrianza and Heredia. Uh, I certainly think so, but it's a roster crunch right now. You have too many players on big league contracts. You have to subtract before you can add on the bench. I mean, surely, I don't think, you know, Adrian is not back anyway. I don't think he's going to be a part of the equation. You could get rid of Heredia. We had a good conversation the other day talking about Adam Duvall. I think he could be a good replacement on the bench for Guillermo Heredia. Um You know, Heredia for me is a a mascot at this point. I mean, he can do some good things defensively, but I think Duvall can do that, and he can give you some thump off the bench as a right-handed bat. So I kind of like that idea. Um, But, again, you got to make some subtractions before you can make some additions on the bench with guys like Ozuna and Rosario who are taking up space. Um, Miguel Fria says the Braves need to acquire a couple of hitters with high on-base percentage. Yeah, uh, I mean, certainly love to see some guys get on base more. I just mentioned we talked about Ronald Cunha Jr. He had you know nearly a 350 on base percentage. Riley right there as well, and Olson. I mean, both of those, all three of those guys got on base. Um, so I mean, the guys have some Braves have some guys who can do that, but certainly would love to see a couple of more. I think you're probably more so thinking about guys who put the ball in play. Um, would love to see a little bit more of that as well. But look, this team's built around hitting a long ball. They're going to live and die by it. They won a World Series in 2021 with it. Um, they're not going to just let that go away. Um, yeah, I just briefly saw this before I jumped on the podcast. This coming from Chase Huck uh, says, what's good, Jake? Much love. Hope you're having a great day. Thank you for that. He said, did you hear about the Ozuna thing where apparently they tried trading him to the Nats for Corbin? Do you have any insight on that? Like I said, I just kind of saw that mentioned um, as I was jumping on the podcast and sounds like the Nats and that Patrick Corbin contract is a bad one. And the Nats still weren't willing to take that on. I think that should be very telling. This is all, you know, allegedly. um, That should be very telling with how difficult it's going to be to move Marcelo Zuna. And maybe there's more to that. Again, this is all just speculation at this point. But if the Nats weren't willing to do a straight-up swap for that with how bad Patrick Corbin's contract is, that, again, should be very, very telling with what other teams feel about Marcelo Zuna and how, uh, and how hard it's going to be to move him. Uh, and Chase also says, Sorry, I know that's off to- topic, but I do hope Acuna comes out with an amazing season, and I think you will. I certainly agree. Um, and then Jomi says, Got to get rid of Ozuna; It's a must. Uh, yeah, probably cost a pitcher or two. I agree. If you're going to get rid of Ozuna, like I said, you're going to have to give up a, a solid prospect or two, and probably still pay some money on that contract. But I certainly think that's what they're going to have to do if they're going to move Ozuna. And I think you, I think the Braves are in a position. I think other teams know it, where they they really, really need to get rid of Ozuna. For one, it's a it's a lot of money you're paying for a guy that you honestly don't need you know, especially with Contreras. And if you're going to carry three catchers, and I don't think they will, I think they'll move Manny Pena, but either way, you know, you have other options at DH. You need them out of there because of the the clubhouse fit. You know, I got to imagine it's just not not a good clubhouse situation. And other teams know that and know the Braves are going to try everything to get rid of him. And because of that, it's going to be really hard to do so because no team's really going to be willing to take on all that money unless you're giving some big prospects along with Marcelo Zuna. As always, appreciate the questions and comments in the chat. And again, as always, if you want to join us live, be looking out for those. Got a lot of people here watching live tonight, so I appreciate you doing that. If you want to converse with me in the comment section as well on YouTube, I appreciate chatting there as well. Get a lot of great comments on these YouTube videos. So I appreciate all the support, all the comments that we have and the interaction be doing this all throughout the offseason, so it'll be a lot of fun. But that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. I want you to go on over and give Locked On Astros and Locked On Phillies. Connor Thomas over there, uh, Eric Heisman for Locked On Astros. Go give those guys a listen. Uh, they're really good at what they do. And if you're interested at all in the World Series, and hopefully as a baseball fan you are, even though I know. Uh, maybe it's hard to re- for, root for either of those teams, but go give those guys a listen. They do a great job. And obviously the world series coming up this weekend, finally feels like it's been forever since we've seen a baseball game. So go make those guys your second and third, a listen of the day and then come back tomorrow. We'll have another episode of a locked on Braves. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at locked on underscore Braves. You can follow me, at Shortstop Ball. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We're pushing for 3,000 subscribers. We're not that far away. Again, I can't thank you enough for all the support. So go do that. Hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias DC Lundberg Ryan Finkelstein Taylor Blake Ward Host of Locked On Yankees Locked On Mariners Locked On Mets Locked On Angels And you're listening to Locked On Braves Locked On Braves Locked On Braves. Braves Part of the Locked On Podcast Network